Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Dr. Sammy and friends are resting this week and will return next week. However, we have a leader from our local church community giving today's message. Hey guys, welcome back. Um, Before we go to scripture, today's message uh, will be given by a dear friend uh, from Arrow Leadership and a mentor of mine from Arrow, uh, Dr. Calvin Brown. He walked with me during my Arrow journey and it was such a powerful experience and he deposited such uh, friendship and kinsmanship in our lives that uh, just it's going to be one of those relationships lifelong. And so I'm so um, honored to have him speak for us about the issue of identity, especially going into Lent. And so will you pray with me as God uses him to speak to us, deposit who we are in Christ, the beloved of God, Um, so essential. So we'll go to scripture right now and go right into Dr. Calvin Brown. See you soon. Hi, everyone. Today's scripture is from the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 10 to 11, the book of Galatians, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 38 to 39, and the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is the word of the Lord. Well, I want to say good morning, and it's good to be with you, virtually speaking, that is. Uh, someday, perhaps the Lord will allow us to, to be uh, in person together. I do want to take an opportunity as well to thank Pastor Kim uh, Sam for giving me an opportunity to to share from God's Word with you uh, this morning. And I have to say that uh, Sam and I have had really a a beautiful relationship. I think it's about 10 years now. Uh, We met uh, through a program called the Arrow Leadership Program. And I was serving as a leadership partner for Sam, uh, a mentor essentially, and we really got to know each other well. God has allowed us over the years to maintain that relationship and periodically we connect and it's always an iron sharpening iron kind of experience. It's a real joy and a a blessing to count him as not only a brother in Christ and co-laborer in the gospel, but a friend. And I've had opportunity to interact with Lydia as well through the same program called the uh, Leadership, uh, Aero Leadership Program. So I wanna pray and then I'd like to uh, just begin our uh, the message for today. 
Well, Father, thank you for life and love. Thank you for relationships. Thank you for the ultimate relationship that is with you through your son, Jesus Christ. And um, it's a beautiful thing. And help us to just more and more embrace that intimacy with you as a, a good and loving father. I hope the message today will help to reinforce uh, the realities of the relationship we have with you. Thank you for uh, my brother who has opened the door for me to be able to share with my brothers and sisters uh, virtually. Uh, but Father, uh, your words are just as dynamic, whether in person or by video. Open our hearts. May we receive the wonderful gift of your word that will be a given this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I uh, pulled off my bookshelf uh, this morning a cup that I drank from. It was probably about 10 years ago, in fact, uh, Starbucks. And it was during Christmas time. And, uh, and the, the words on the wrapper really caught my attention. Uh, they read, stories are gifts. Share. And I really took that to heart. In fact, when I meet people, I want to hear their story. I'm more interested in hearing more about them than them hearing about me. Now, in the course of time, we do share stories, but there's something about sharing a story where we, we can uh, connect with people. Sometimes folks who are much different or seem much different than we are. Well, I want to start with a, a story, uh, one of my story that I want to offer as a gift to you this morning. And uh, probably uh, happened about 14 years ago, sort of culminated, or it was this crisis moment about that long ago. I, I grew up uh, without my biological dad, which is really significant in that um, I don't bear my father's name. I don't uh, bear the discipline that my father would have given, the affirmation he would have given, the modeling he would have provided. Now, in the course of time, uh, my mom did marry and you know, stepdad kind of filled in the gap, uh, but there's nothing like the presence and uh, all that comes with that through a biological dad. Well, that really created, at least in me, an identity crisis. And for a number of years, I pursued sports or uh, business and just finding ways, I think, of really finding me and, and, and who I was. And I remember even going to West Africa on a missions trip, and I thought, this is it. I'm going to the motherland. I'm going to find my roots. And, you know, that's just, um, that was just dreaming because that's just not, you know, um, it just, it didn't happen. So I returned and actually I returned to a voicemail and an email from the Earl Leadership Program. I had heard of it and was invited in uh, as a leader, as Sam and Lydia would later on become leaders in that program as well. Uh, to just uh, to learn some things I needed to learn. 
And I remember in those first few days, one of the things I learned was about my true identity. I won't tell you the full story now, uh, but it changed the trajectory of my life and leadership. I am largely in part the person I am today, uh, at least in part the person I am today um, because of that reality that I was led into. I want to share with you uh, the passage. I don't know if it was the passage I heard uh, that helped lead me to this, but it is the passage God has given me uh, to express what uh, what I experienced and what um, I have offered as a gift to, to many. It's from Mark chapter 1, verses uh, 10 and 11. And the scene is Jesus' baptism. And it's a very dramatic and a very significant moment. Um, we, the listeners then, those of us today, are privy to this intimate interaction between the Father and Son. See, what we have to do, and, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to, to bear with me in this. Listen, I believe fully in the deity of Jesus Christ, but I also believe fully in the humanity of Jesus Christ. And it's because of his humanity that, that we can relate to him and, and we realize he can relate to us because he too is human. And it's because of his um, deity that we can trust him, that he is truly God and he is in control. But I want to speak from the perspective of his humanity this morning. He understands what it means to be a child and to have a father. In this interaction between he and the Father, um, these words that come from the Father are powerful. And keep in mind also, these words come before a single day of public ministry. Jesus has yet at this moment when we read to have raised anyone from the dead or healed anyone or uh, participated in any type of miracle that we are aware of. So this isn't an interaction about what Jesus Christ has done. It is about who he is. So let me read Mark 1, 10, 11, then try to unpack it for you. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you, I am well pleased. And if I could put it in uh, another vernacular, you're my boy, I love you, and I'm proud of you. No matter what age, no matter what culture, no matter what gender, those are perhaps the most powerful words, apart from the gospel, of course, that a father could relay to a child. There are men and women today who are starving to hear those words from their father, and some never will because the father is, uh, you know, is passed on or 
the relationship is so broken or the abandonment is so estranged that it just, it can't be reconciled, it can't be located. But those are significant words. And speaking from Jesus' humanity, I wanna talk about, and connecting with your own humanity, I wanna talk about why three ways in which these words are significant. They were significant for him, they are significant for you and for me today. You are my son. I argue that it settles the question about identity to this whole theme of who are you really? Now, during the course of Jesus's earthly ministry, um, he would have garnered or did garner a number of titles. He was called Lord, Master, Teacher. You can think of some others, Rabbi, that were good, noble titles or labels. But he was also given some others that did not reflect who he really was. Son of Beelzebub, friend of sinners, a drunkard. Here's the question. If Jesus woke up every morning wondering which one of those labels identified him, he'd he'd be in a perpetual identity crisis. But the Father wanted him to know before he struck out into this world to do the ministry that he called him to do, he wanted him to be very clear about his identity. You are my son. That's who you are. You're my son. See, you and I do um, this thing called life and we pursue certificates or degrees or positions or titles or what have you. And we've got to be careful that those things never identify who we are. They may be the assignment that we have at any given time or season of life. They may be uh, some... Uh, acknowledgement of work that we have done through academic study or what have you, credentially, what have you, but never to define who we are. There's a uh, uh, Max Licato, you say Licato, I say Licato, uh, this fictional um, character uh, called Punchinello, and he's among the Wemmicks. And uh, Eli, who is like God, who is the carver who created these, um, these Wemmicks, um, are sort of under his domain. And in this particular episode, the Wemmicks are giving out stars and dots based on how they feel about one another. A star meant that, yeah, you're, you're great. <laughs> you're doing something really good. A dot meant not, you're not. Well, poor Punchinella has so many dots that people started giving him more dots just because he was the kind of person who had lots of dots. But then he encounters one of his friends. She has neither stars nor dots. And he asks, how is it that you have no stars or dots? And she says, I don't allow any of those to stick to me. She says, I don't believe any." 
Anything of what the others say about me, I only believe what Eli says. I go to him each day and he tells me who I am, to paraphrase it. And that's what God wants us to do as we strike out into the world on a daily basis to remember who we are. Galatians 4, 4 through 7, God sent forth his son to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. You are God's son. You have been put in the highest place in God's household. Now to my sisters, don't take this as Paul would, as some would say Paul's sexist or uh, paternalistic tendencies. No, it's, this is no more, um, you know, gender twisting than men being part of the bride of Christ, right? What this is saying is that as a follower of Jesus Christ, when you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are put in the highest position of honor in God's family, in God's household. You are God's son. You've got sonship. You've got the highest level of access, of benefit, of relationship. Here's the question. What role will most fundamentally define you? Hopefully it is being that son of God. Okay, we can say for a moment, yes, children of God. We are in God's family. He is our father. I am his son. That's who I am. I belong to him. That is where my identity lies. The second in whom I love, I love you, he says. Now, this would have been significant to Jesus because Jesus was going to do like we do. Through course of life, you gain friends and close relationships, a tight bond. And he formed such a bond with the, what we call the disciples, those 12. And there were some, you know, other layers. And of course, there were the three who they say were that inner circle. But those were his friends. They traveled together. They slept together. They laughed together. I mean, told jokes, I'm sure, around the fire. I mean, all kinds of, they've been through all types of things together. And there was this love they had with one another. But see, the father knew as much as those men loved each other, particularly as much as they may have loved Jesus, there was going to come a time when that love was going to fail Jesus. Those men would eventually turn their back on him, only momentarily, but they were going to turn their back on Judas ultimately, right? But all of them did. And what the father wanted to know, wanted the son to know is that you are loved with an everlasting love. I've got a love for you that is unconditional. It will never, no, never fail you. And see, when you and I come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, God, our Father, speaks similarly to us. See, this settles the question about security. Romans 8, 38 and 39, Paul writes, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Here's the question for you. Where will you look for unconditional love and acceptance? We should love and be loved. We should, we should give ourselves to another. Yes, we should marry and have children and we should have friends. We should do have all of those relationships and we give ourselves fully to them, love them fully. But no, there's only one who can love you perfectly. Only one who can love you unconditionally. And that's not a pass on anyone else or a pass on ourselves to fail in loving others. But ultimately, we've got to cling to the love of God because his love will never fail us. Never, no, never. Here's the final one. With you, I am well pleased. I tell you, my heart gets full now and I, I think about the number of home runs or touchdowns I scored or grades I brought home or projects that I completed. And it wasn't until my adulthood that I actually heard my biological dad, whom I, we have developed a wonderful relationship since then, but it wasn't until adulthood that I remember him saying that he was proud of me. See, the Heavenly Father wanted Jesus to know before a single day of miracles, before a single day of ministry, before anything that he, Jesus would accomplish. So Jesus wouldn't get any of this confused with works, with what he did, but, but who he is. The father says, I'm pleased with you, son, not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. It settles the question about value. See, we live in a meritocracy, don't we? Where we went to school, where we live, what we wear, what positions or titles we have, the job we hold, the house we live in, the car we drive, whatever it may be. It's this thing about what have you done? What are you doing that, that, that demonstrates your value? Well, see, the father knew that Jesus was going to have mega church before we even, they coined the phrase mega church. They say at the feeding of the 5,000, there were 5,000 men, not including women and children, 10, 15, 20,000 people. That was his church. That was his following. Jesus could have felt pretty good about his value, pretty good about what he was accomplishing. Yeah, I know the father's got to be pleased with me now, but see when it was, but over a course of time at the cross, there's just a handful. The pews had emptied out, hadn't they? What if he was looking for his value, his worth in the size of the crowd that he could see before his eyes? The father didn't want him to make that mistake. He wanted him to know your value, my pleasure in you is in who you are, not what you do. For us as followers of Jesus Christ, here's the words to us. For we are God's workmanship, his poema, where we get, the, the, the Greek is poema, where we get po poem, this beautifully created thing. That's how God sees us. 
created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are precious to him. We have been created to do good works, but those works do not define who we are. He already sees us as this wonderfully created, valuable child who belongs to him, whom he loves, and in whom he is proud of and well-pleased. Here's the question. Where will you find your value or worth? Hopefully not in titles or positions, the size of the crowd, a bank account, or anything external. But in knowing that you have been chosen, that you are secure in his love, and you are highly valued. My hope and prayer is that you will live each day in that way and treat others in the same way. I praise God for Jesus Christ because it's through a relationship with him that we have this standing and all of these benefits. Father, thank you. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for loving us even before we offer back an ounce, even an ounce of love to you. And thank you for being pleased with us in spite of what we have accomplished or not accomplished or stumbling and bumbling. And before we do and utter a single thing, you're pleased with us. Help us to walk in that assurance and that confidence and treat others the same way. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, what a powerful message that was from Dr. Calvin Brown about who we are in Christ. Um, and I think it's so relevant as we move to the season of Lent to remember that we are the beloved. Henry Nouwen uh, reminds us, the late Henry Nouwen, that the greatest enemy of the spiritual life is any voice that contradicts the voice that says that we're the beloved. Because really, that is where the power of God is. So today, as we move into ministry time, will you lift your hands with me? And we're going to sing a song and be reminded of who God calls us to be. And we're called to be the beloved. So right now, let's sing and pray together. In my mind I say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I won't ever measure up And I'm only just the sum of every high and every Again, just who I am because I need to know. Ooh, oh, oh, oh. 
say I love, but I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong, but I think I'm weak. You say I'm hell, but I am falling short. When I say I don't belong, oh, you say I'm young and I believe. heads for the benediction and welcome the spirit the living spirit to tear open our bubbles so that we can become the light and the healing the world needs in Christ may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore all God's people say amen love you guys miss you see you soon My name is Minyoung. I'm a member here at 1A Church, and we're so glad that you were able to attend today's service with us. Um, there are a few community news that I'd like to share with you all. The first announcement is about our tithes and offering. We want to remind all of our members here at 1A Church to keep God in the center of your life, which includes your finances. You guys can do so through the online payment method shown on the screen. You can give through Venmo at Church 180, Zelle and Chase QuickPay at offering at 180church.tv, 
or if PayPal is your preferred method of giving, you can head over to our website at 180church.tv where there is a link to donate through PayPal. Our next announcement is about our prayer text hotline at 180 Church, which is available on text at 5397prayer and also via email at prayer at 180church.tv. This is a resource for everybody and especially during this difficult time where we need some prayer and support, there is a prayer team that's ready to help you and to pray for all the requests that you may have. Um, if your prayers have been answered, you can also share them on the text hotline and we can celebrate the good news together. Next up is about small groups at 180 Church. These are smaller pockets of our community that meet on a weekly basis where we can dive a little bit deeper into the word and share how the message from that Sunday uh, spoke to us. We have a few different groups that are all meeting virtually now. And if you're not currently connected with the group, you can reach out to Pastor Billy at the email shown on the screen and he can get you plugged in into a group for you. On the topic of community, we also have a number of different social media handles and channels where you can follow us, like us, and love us during the week. We have a Tumblr page at 180BRG where we post a chapter of the Bible a day so you can read through the Bible with us. We also have a Facebook page at 180 Church. Dr. Sammy, our head pastor here at 180 Church, has a Twitter handle at Dr. Sammy Kim. We also have a YouTube channel at 180 Church NYC, where I'm sure most of you guys are watching us right now. And we also have two different Instagram pages at 180 Church and also at 180BRG, where there are really encouraging posts and verses that get shared there. So I hope you guys will follow us there and be encouraged. We also have the 180 Church podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends, where you can tune into a conversation and a dialogue that goes into, goes into the word a little bit deeper with Pastor Lydia and Joe Lu, who's a member of our community here. It's always a great time just listening to them um, converse about how the message has spoke to them and has impacted them, and you can see how it can do the same for you. We also have a virtual 180 Cafe on the Discord app where you guys can come hang out at any time in different groups on different channels. And it's an easy way to stay connected with the community and also check in with one another. As you might have seen on our social media channels, we launched a care package delivery service called 180 Cares. And this is a great way to um, show appreciation and love to the people in our lives that, mean, that may need some encouragement. If you'd like to send one of these boxes or just want to learn more, you can go check out our website at 180church.tv slash 180cares. And lastly, if you've been blessed by our Sunday worship led by Pastor Lydia, you can visit the 180 Church Studios on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Here you'll find a playlist of all the worship songs we've featured every Sunday, and it's perfect for when you want to immerse yourself in worship during the week. That's all of our community news. Once again, we want to thank everyone for joining us this Sunday, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye.